We keep them down here. There are some simple rules which we insist you follow. Do not touch the glass. Do not approach the glass. You pass them nothing but soft paper. No pencils or pens. They have their own felt tip pens. No staples or paper clips in their paper. Use the sliding food carrier, no exceptions. If they attempt to pass you anything, do not accept it. Do you understand me? Yes. Above all else, never forget what they are. And what are they? Friendables! Two friends talking about Hannibal Lecter. Good morning. Uh, this time we'll be talking about the 1991 film, The Silence of the Lambs. Best mm-hmm. picture, best adapted screenplay, mm-hmm. best actor, best lead actor, and I believe the record for the shortest amount of screen time for a best lead actor performance. Lecter's only in the movie for about 20 minutes, I think, yes. total. And they were a good 20 minutes. Oh, but yeah, I it's mean, a very short amount of time. It made his career. It's going to be the first line of his obituary and launched a whole whole ass franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I think we'll have a lot of thoughts about the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I think you said while while we screened it, your favorite movie of all time. Yes, number one with yes. a bullet. Not not even qualifying to top five. Mm-mm. Okay, it is it is my favorite movie. There have been other movies that have temporarily taken the lead, but mm-hmm. for a very short amount of time while like that, I don't know, that honeymoon phase, but then it wears off and it's right back to Silence of the Lambs. I can always watch that movie and have that that, that first real feeling that mm. I had, you know, when I first watched it. I, I love this movie. This is this yeah. is my go-to. I, I, I would probably put it in certainly top 15 or so of mine mm-hmm. uh, of all time mm-hmm. it's it's certainly up there and i'm watching it i hadn't watched it in several years mm-hmm. uh, when was the last time you saw it before tonight oh yeah, probably like six months ago okay so it's not I bad, watch not it regularly. you watch it regularly because yeah. there was going to be a screening at the library oh uh, yes. that we were all gonna go go to and have a good time at and they were going to serve cereal. Lecter. Yeah. They were going to serve cereal and everybody's going to watch Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, it was a PJ party. Yeah. And it was going to be in late March of 2020. <laughs> oh, no. I stuck it in the back of my head and then I thought, oh, we'll do a Hannibal Lecter podcast at some point. So yeah. I, 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 it's at least been two and a half years since I've seen Silence of the Lambs, probably more. And I was struck by how good it was, yes. like because we've watched now Manhunter and right. and and Red Dragon, and it's I hate Red Dragon the movie a little bit more after watching Silence of the Lambs because I'm just <laughs> like, oh yeah, no like, no Silence is way better. It holds way up. Better. Oh yeah. Yeah. Even I mean, yeah, it holds up. And they're not trying to imitate anything no. or do it because I mean this set the serial killer movie template. for up until now yes uh there mm-hmm. were so many movies that were just shamelessly trying to rip <laughs> off of this i'm thinking uh just cause with sean connery and mm-hmm. uh and ed harris i think that's the, i think that's the right movie i'm thinking of copycat with sigourney weaver and harry connick jr yeah harry yeah. connick jr as the hannibal lecter role good job movie next yep. and then yeah. the movies with anthony hopkins as uh, Lecter, mm-hmm. after this, are trying to eat this movie's lunch and not get into the table. Yeah. One of the greats of all time. I think it's on the a- AFI, both AFI top 100 lists uh, of all time. Me. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I, I want to go full Stefan and go like, this movie yes. has everything. Go, do it. 
<laughs> it does. It has everything. It's got serial killers. It's got hot redheads. Although she's like kind of a brunette in this one. It's super weird. She is super <laughs> a brunette to later be played by Julianne Moore. Yeah. She is preposterously a brunette in this movie. And, right, yeah. yeah. And every once in a while the light hits it just right and you're like, it's kind of reddish. Kind of not really. Yeah. yeah, it's like, it's got decapitated people. It's got heads in jars. Uh, it's got lambs right there in the title and also a chop once that got some blood on it. <laughs> it's got mace. It's got ambulance drivers. It's got super hot orderlies. <laughs> Uh, it has a Frederick Chilton, which we could do without. It has everything. Yeah, yeah. So I actually read, a, I've actually read the screenplay to this before. To, oh, cool. Uh, it's available from TCCL. Nice. You have to get him to go into the basement of Central to go find it, but uh, it's there. I could force him to do it. Yeah, I could too. And, and have. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, I don't know where this is. Like, I, I can get it. It's down there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> why don't you go take a yeah. step down and bring bring me it up. Oh. You could have just left it out in re regular circulation, but... You decided not to because you chose violence. You chose violence. <laughs> yes. And you did not see me coming. <laughs> and now your day is about me. Yes. And then there's also a book. Uh, Sid Field uh, wrote some of the... It's almost cliched now, screenwriting books. He wrote yep. screenplay. I think that's what I actually recommended to Z at one point when Z was looking at a, I, I've got uh, a couple of those, screen, yeah. screenwriting yeah. Uh, project. And he wrote a book in 1991 that was just four screenplays. And he went deep dive into four uh, movies and unpacked their screenplays. Thelma and Louise, mm -hmm. Dances with Wolves, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, and Silence of the Lambs. Mm -hmm. he, he talks about the ending at, of the book and of the screenplay. And of the movie is startlingly different. Like the original yes. draft of the screenplay, he calls Starling and it cuts to him and he's got Chilton tied oh, up and gagged. Like it's okay. it's right there. The ending of this movie is so flipping good. Yes. Because you're sitting there in the credits and all you're thinking about what is what happens next. And, right. And it's all conceptual for you. And then when they actually try to package that story into something finite, it's not nearly as good. Right. But when you're thinking, holy shit, he's on the loose. Right. They could go and anywhere it, from here. You're, it, well, yeah. And I it, I think that is the ending ultimately that works better. Uh -huh. uh, because, I mean, it, and you you have it cinematography. You have, the camera pulls out and you see that big crowded street. But you still, your eye is still on Anthony Hopkins, Hannibal walking down the street just strolling just mm -hmm. having a good old time and i and that itself is way more menacing than a particular target you know yeah. he's gonna go after chilton right but like you're not worried about chilton chilton's an ass you, you you kind of been rooting for him to get eaten in the first place it's who he's gonna go after after chilton right that's the scary part and in and him just disappearing into the crowd yeah and the thought is subconsciously as you're leaving that theater in 1991 you he, could bump into him he's in he's the park you want right now yeah he's gonna be the weird guy that is gonna catch you staring at him when you fill up a gas tank later and you're gonna go shit Mm -hmm. I need to be polite because I know that's how he operates. Yeah. <laughs> he eats rude people. <laughs> the the other thing from the book that I thought was interesting, he didn't get to interview Thomas Harris because he's no notoriously very reclusive. And mm -hmm. I think he's in 40 plus years of writing big bestsellers. He's given exactly one interview. Dang. And it was a couple years ago. And, no, and that's because he had to because that's what you had to do Honestly, to sell a book. Life goals. That right. sounds great. 
Oh, yeah. yeah. To be a reclusive author, I, I think I'm bypassing the reclusive author, author by just being not a very successful one. Like, I, I, I am right. living J.D. Salinger's dream without all the bullshit in the middle. Right, right. <laughs> just... He did manage to interview Ted Talley, the screenwriter, who mm -hmm. also wrote the screenplay for the Brett Ratner Red Dragon. Oh, yeah. Okay. That was the big selling feature of it, and I think the script's probably pretty strong in that movie. But Harris had... At least up through the Academy Awards that where it won, Harris had not seen the movie. Oh. And he may never have seen the movie. And he specifically didn't want to see, see the movie because he did not. And just as we talked about, I think, in our first mm -hmm. uh, episode, uh, episode in with uh, Red Dragon, the book, uh, you, you see a performance of a character and that starts seeping into your conception oh, of the character yeah and that would ruin any future thing he was trying to do with the character and he was obviously in the process of working on for what sure. became hannibal the book honestly i think that's super fair yeah yeah uh, no, it, sure. it, it doesn't seem weird author eccentricity it's just like yeah no you gotta I, keep your head on a swivel yeah, yeah i i actively have people for my own art that I have like made packs with to be like, can you check and see what the vibe of the fandom is doing? Mm -hmm. I don't want to be influenced myself because I'm the one who's creating this work, mm -hmm. like for my comic. And I have people who are who who check in, to, or or who will check in when the fandom actually happens. It's fine. It's cool. It's not like I have any pages done yet. Yeah. <laughs> Stuck in the cell all day with no crayons. <laughs> okay, it's fine. He knows. He knows. He knows what he did. He knows what he did. I mean, I'm just thrilled he put the the gospel TV on mute for our recording today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Do you want to play a little bit of what could have been? Sure. Okay. Who do you think would have almost played Lecter? Oh. Yes. Oh, my. Um, hmm. 91? 91. Who was pretty serious about it well i'll give you one that was they approached him and it didn't feel right and then one where really the development of the film started in a completely different path i don't know but literally the first name that popped to my head was alec baldwin <laughs> and i don't know why baldwin now could i think play right now but not, back not then. 91 like no. peak shadow hunt for red october yeah uh yeah i was just trying to think a little of like too heart around that they were like sure why not let's make a movie franchise about yeah. this demi talked to robert duvall at one point okay and i'm like that's he's a little okay. old, older but yeah that i could see that to some degree the guy who bought the rights at at first to do it and to direct it and star in it uh gene hackman Oh my god. Like he had it for a year and was pretty committed to it but then got burned out on some other things and it just didn't it, he just lost interest in it. Interesting. But there was a time when it was like Could his passion been. project, a Gene Hackman film starring Gene Hackman. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been way different. We're looking at producer Z. Producer Z was like, "Hey, uh, born in the mid 90s here. <laughs> Clue me into this Gene Hackman fella." <laughs> I was 10 years old when he last made a movie. I also don't know who Robert Duvall is. He was in The Godfather. Okay. You've probably seen Maybe Younger, because uh, he's a pretty old now. He was in Bonnie and Clyde, The, the French the, Connection. The stash. Uh, His mustache. I was mentioning no. the fact that he had a pretty rabid mustache I, for a I, long time. I, I, I keyed into what we were talking about. I've seen that <laughs> it's a mustache thing. You'd like the Royal Tenenbaums. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you would. Very good movie. Mm-hmm. That's the one with Margot and the finger, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah no, you. I, I, think, I think you dig. Woo! You dig Royal Tenenbaums. I'm trying to think of other big Gene Hackman movies, and I'm and I'm I'm a struggling. I'm a struggling. Well, I've got good. Oh, uh, Crimson Tide, the submarine movie with Denzel Washington. No. Okay. Um, Ran away jury heist behind enemy lines under suspicion. Enemy of the state. The replacements. I don't know. He's he's been he's been in so he's much. Been a lot of stuff. It would have been a different energy. I do like Hopkins, though. Well, he's not like my. There's not favorite. Nothing to not like. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, you, for years, if I would read about Lecter, I would picture Hopkins. But I think after the TV show, it's Mads. Mads is so much more. I think harnesses what Harris tried to do in the book. Yes. Movie Lecter is really not book Lecter. No. in, In many different ways. Least of which is appearance. Yeah, movie lecture is creepy, but right. definitely a kind of a, a more. Um, a, he's not run of the mill, but he's definitely more like, haha, I'm a serial killer and I'm very full of myself. Yeah. But I'm also sophisticated, so that's what makes me dangerous. Mads walks that line of, am I actually Lucifer? Right. Like, you don't know, and that's where I want you. Yeah. Like, that's that, that, that Mads is much better at walking that. Women want me, and so do men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of yeah. line. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think we are approaching our commercial break time. It's time for Abris's recipe corner. Yeah. Put it in your mouth. <laughs> no, I. I'm gonna try that again. No, we're keeping that. We're keeping that. Okay, <laughs> producer Z has spoken. We're keeping it. Harris? Uh, I'm gonna make a, a real uh, bastardized versions of a Eastern European dish called a burek, mm. which is supposed to be supposed to be like a meat pie. Mm. But I could never get the pie thing to work the way I wanted to, so I kind of turned it into like a lasagna, <laughs> a little bit. I still call it burek because of reasons. Um, just because I I didn't want to call it. L- not lasagna. Uh, <laughs> so, but it's a very, it's, it is my sour cream delivery device. I'm just going to say right now, but ooh, it's not even sour cream anymore. Uh, okay. We'll just go right, right into the recipe. You are going to start off with crescent roll dough. Okay. Uh, like in the can, the, the stuff yeah, that you twist apart. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you can, some stores will have it where it's the un- marked the un uh like split apart version so it's not the so it's not triangles it's just a sheet of it that's even okay. better because what you're going to do is that you're going to try not to split them apart if you can you need two sheets like cut to squares and an eight and a eight eight by eight glass pan you're going to lay one of the sheets down save the other one aside and you're going to go ahead and bake that and then while you're baking it, it, it takes like 10 or so minutes or whatever. You just go ahead and bake it all the way through. You don't want it to be doughy at all. Then in a pan, you're going to brown about a pound, pound and a half of ground meat. 
ground beef or whatever flavor you want. Season it how you like. I tend to do uh, a chili powder, which I measure with my heart, uh, and then salt and pepper. I, I kind of don't do a lot of wild seasoning on it. You're going to save the beef aside in the same pan that you that you brown the meat in. So you have like all of those nice like meat, like fats and oils in there. You're going to cook an a diced entire whole onion and about half a head of cabbage. Yes, it will make your house smell. It's fine. It's fine. You're cooking. You're already, your house is already going to smell like the ingredients. For sure. And yeah. this this is when it's going to get real strong, like peasant vibe, but that's like, a, that's a homey smell that's for me. you cook in your basement. No, I'm, uh, I'm missing I, the point of this. <laughs> I think this is just food at this point because, gotcha. yeah, cabbage. God, I love cabbage. Anyway, so it's onion and cabbage together. Now, at this point, your crescent roll dough should be done in the oven. Now, remember, you baked it flat in the bottom of this pan. You are going to layer the cabbage and onion and then the beef and then the last uncooked crescent roll dough on top, sandwiching together to make like a little like lasagna casserole. And then you put all of that back into the oven so the dough can cook evenly on top. Before I pop it into the oven, um, or like the, I'll take it out like the last like two or three minutes to go and I'll put like a little bit of like melted butter and then it's some extra herbs on top. Usually um, kind of like whatever I have in hand, I tend to go for basil, just I really like basil. I usually just do any sort of like leafy ground up herb, oregano, etc. So just whatever you got, whatever you think is going to taste good. That comes out of the oven. You can serve it. I end up getting four servings. Should I be eating less of this? Probably. Because also then I serve it with a giant dollop of Greek yogurt. Because really that's my it. sour cream substitute. Because yeah. it's fluffier than sour cream. It's a little bit healthier. A little less calories, I think. A little less calories, a yeah. little less fat. But it's also, I like the consistency of Greek yogurt better. It sure. is fluffier. Sour cream can get a little runny and that annoys me. Mm, and then, it. But Greek yeah. yogurt holds its shape really well. It's, sure. it's, it's not ice cream, but it looks like ice cream sometimes. And that pleases me aesthetically. Interesting. Yeah. Don't do flavored Greek yogurt. No, nah. no, just do the plain. You you want to lean into the sourness of it, of this one. Eat it up yum. I this Eat it up yum. Yeah. <laughs> Harris's recipe corner. We're searching for a new tagline. Now with human meat. We thank you, the listener, for joining us on this journey through all things Hannibal Lecter. There are other fine podcasts at partyapocalypse.com. The Holodeck is Broken, our Star Trek rewatch podcast, includes both Eris and myself, along with Z, Producer Z. Hey, Producer Z. Hi. And my wife, Laura. Also, The Fourth Wall in its entirety, which features literally anyone who's ever had any association with Party Apocalypse. Uh, Beyond the Cabin in the Woods, uh, I'm a co-host on that, that has joined the Party Apocalypse network with our friends of the show, Donna, Kenzie, and Debbie. Uh, Donna and Kenzie will probably join us on this show as guests here uh, very shortly. We've already uh, scheduled a date for them to stop by the Baltimore State Hospital for the Criminally Insane. Got it in one! Yeah, um, it's on our bibs! <laughs> so go to partyapocalypse.com for that and books, blogs, movie reviews, and heiresses, recipes written out in detail. Woo! And it's with that, on. yes, and with that, we'll go back to our episode. Woo! I love this movie. It's a great movie. And, I... and it's, you know, what's so interesting is the way Jonathan Demi shoots 
coverage of scenes of dialogue. Yes. And it's so distinctly him. Philadelphia does it the same, very much the same way. His remake of The Manchurian Candidate mm-hmm. does it very much the same way. He'll do it occasionally with the sort of the over-the-shoulder shot where you'll see maybe the back of Lecter's head and you'll see right, uh, right. Therese in there. But more often than not, it is full POV shots. Mm-hmm. You have an actor in a single staring right at the camera as if yeah. the camera is the character they're speaking yes. to. And, yeah. And it's a very d- strange thing. And it, it, it's so distinctly him. And it's got to be unnerving for the performers because that is such a big no-no in film acting. Don't look directly at the camera. Right. And then you get on the Jonathan Denny set. he's like, look directly through the lens. Yeah. And like, the okay. lens is your friend. Yeah. Very, very, very strange. I I find it very interesting because it's one of those things that especially the way male directors will shoot female actors, they frequently like will lower the camera angle and then bring it back to make sure that their boobs are in the shot. Yeah. Um, and purposely choosing to have a conversation with a a male superior and a female subordinate. I mean, mm-hmm. with the Jack Crawford, like the very beginning scene with with Crawford and, and Starling, where there's obviously a power differential along with, with a gender differential. And the camera is so focused on the face because what happens is that makes only that character, in, like it makes the personality, the person important and doesn't turn the person into an object by only Which forcing is... the camera literally yeah. neck up. Yeah. And like you, you barely even see her collarbones, and it's just like, but he he did the same for Jack. Like yeah. he didn't like try to do like a reverse like female gaze kind of thing or anything. It yeah. was just like we are concentrating on these people, and right. that's it. We're not thinking about anything else. These are two very like very smart, very capable people, and it's thematically linked. Yeah, 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 and, and it it's the same in the scenes with Lecter, and it's same in the same with. I think even when she finally catches up with Gum in his house, like mm-hmm. when they're talking in there, there's that straight on just Yeah, she's always the in the center. She's not necessarily yeah. like off frame or anything like that as if she's set dressing. She is the center of focus. There's even like some camera shots that he does that I found very interesting that were clearly her point of view, like especially looking at the men because all of a sudden the camera was down set low and mm-hmm. she's so cuz she's short. She's very short. We get that's one of the first things we know about her is that she is a short woman in an incredibly male dominated field. Right. And um like the scene where they're in the funeral home She's going to print, I think it's supposed to be Kimberly or whoever, uh, Mm -hmm. but they never say the victim's name in the movie, where the camera all of a sudden is down somewhat low and is like panning over all the faces of the cops staring at her and like that. It's just so well done Mm -hmm. because there was no words. It was like two seconds and you know exactly like, oh, she feels real small and out of place right now. Yeah. And that's it. Like that you didn't have to spell it out in big words. And it was, it just, it was, it was very good. It's such a beautifully shot film. Yeah. And and there's so much character development by implication and yes. not by exposition. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. For, I just I gotta talk about my girl. I just gotta talk about Clarice. Movie Clarice versus book Clarice because. Right, they're two they're, different girls and they're both my girls. They're both like my, they're both like daughters to me. And, but, but they're, they're both different. They, they, and they have a lot of similarities, <laughs> they but there are, are sisters. some key differences. Yeah. yeah. One's the crazy sister that right. you don't want to meet in an alley. Right. Yeah. yeah. Who talks to herself every once in a while, which is right. wild. And, and, and um, her mind wanders to that she might be depraved. Oh, yeah. 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 In the book, like, she, yeah, she, she thinks about, like, hmm, 
my mind wandered to something dark. I might be insane. Yeah. Well, moving yeah, on. She, act, she actively goes. That dark passenger keeps rearing his. That's a. That's a whole other. That's a whole other franchise. Yes. <laughs> that's a Dexter. For, <laughs> yeah. Thing. Anyway, she just Dextered herself. <laughs> but movie Clarice. I mean, there is that kind of, she kind of turns on and off again, that Southern charm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I really like when they're at the storage unit place mm -hmm. and she's like, it's just going to take a minute or whatever. And, and then he's like, oh, I can't get it open. And she's like, oh, and he's like, well, tomorrow morning I come with the whole like, I got it. And she just goes, she's like, and she just like goes to her car and she's like, I'm a redneck. I can figure this out. Like, and she like just gets her jack. She's like, it's cool. I got it. I'm just, hey, here is the number for my boss who knows that you're here. So if I die doing this dumb shit move I'm about to do, you can call somebody. <laughs> okay, bye. That, <laughs> just like whoop underneath the garage door. That moment is, is it was definitely something I noted because in the book, uh, and in the movie, the, the scenes play out fairly the same, mm -hmm. except for one little detail, and it's such a subtle difference. The line, if something should happen to me, or ha-ha, anything else, Yeah. the ha-ha is in a different place in the sentence in the book than in the movie, and it's a much funnier line in the movie than it is in the book. Oh, I... Don't think I caught that. Hold, I almost, hold on, I almost want to look that up. Yeah, let me, let me see if I, I, I <clears throat> have it here. Oh, yeah. Thank you, sir. That's a very good idea. Mr. Yao, if the door should come down, haha, or something else should occur, <laughs> would you be kind enough and to call this number? The haha is after the or in the movie, and it's so much funnier yeah. after the or. Because she was like, or, and like she like it's like she cuts herself off, because she's yeah. like, or I die, right. <laughs> or I'm not going to say that to this nice old man. Right. Yeah. Something else should happen. <laughs> My decapitated corpse. Which, hey, funnily enough, she found a decapitated... Or she, she found the head. She found the head. Didn't uh, find the corpse. The corpse was found long ago. Yeah. But the head and is of now course, been that, body. That head is the same flautist at the beginning of Red Dragon. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because in the book, that's that's more clear. But uh, right. the movie, they were just like, eh, it's some guy. Yeah. Garden variety. <laughs> Garden variety is how uh, Hannibal Lecter put it, which I... Yes. Always think it's funny because I'm like, yeah. Tedious, very tedious. Yeah. I know a couple people like that. You know, sometimes even if you do have some type of mental disorder, you can be garden variety. You're like, it's yeah. just regular anxiety. I don't, it's like, it's still utterly terrible and it's disruptive to my life. You're mentally ill, but you're boring the shit out of me. But like, it's like the regular amount. It's like the shit you get straight out of a textbook. There's nothing new or exciting happening. I even have this. I even have the teeth falling out dreams. It's just very garden variety. Those are the big things I had about the movie. The movie just kind of washes over. You just you're there, right. and I know I'm like, oh, I've got to be in hyper analytical mode. I got to. There's nothing to pick apart or kind of razz on because no. that, that's what eats up time. But they, yeah. they tightened it up because I mean it's a film, so they can't do the the intricate you see the plot like they they went straight to the death's head moth um as opposed mm -hmm. to having little bypass with another moth because right. he had a bunch but they were like let's just tighten it up we've got a movie we got to get this done in two hours you don't see crawford grilling the people at johns hopkins about mm -mm. potential yeah, patients he, just, he goes straight to where he I mean, there's implied that he had to because right. there was a couple of days that passed when she got that information yeah took him a while to get there they cut out they, bella Bella's they cut in the out book. Bella. They did. Throughout. 
and and does not appear in the movie at all. Yeah, because that was a big thing with the end of it. Because they're like, yeah, this is why you're not thinking clearly, Jack. We're putting right. you on compassionate leave. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that he's he doesn't even mention a wife, really. No, not even a little um, bit. Yeah. And it's interesting that, of course, that plot line does get incorporated into the TV show Hannibal. For sure. Brian Fuller couldn't adapt large parts of the book, but he just, like, went around that. And yeah. was like, I'm going to take the parts of the book that aren't in the movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And incorporate um, them into my... Honestly, for the TV show, I think it worked really well. Because mm-hmm. at that moment, he needed to have Jack unhinged. What's the yeah. best time to have Jack unhinged? And in the book, it feels a little superfluous. This was a thing that could have ha- been saved in a pocket to happen later. Which maybe yeah. Harris was making some type of commentary on the whole, like, sometimes you just lose a wife. And yeah. you don't get to decide when it's going to be most thematically appropriate for you to lose. Like, unless you're a serial killer, and then you get to absolutely decide. This was part of it, like, in the decision of the movie to make Clarice more of a hero and not like a anti-hero or unhinged yeah there's not hints of a almost will graham-esque right conflict in her in 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 this movie um they did not do the reporter scene where she threatens people on live tv oh that's right yeah that's the aftermath yeah they skip right in into her going back into seeing Lecter. right yeah and i mean that's that's a big part of the book because they're like that was the part where jack was like yeah she's kind of a loose cannon right i i do not i thought i had her under control and i do not that's the part of the book where i kind of go back to and i'm like girl girl there's a better way to phrase that (laughs) you know (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, you walked right into their trap. Uh, but that's not Clarice. Clarice is, has rewritten history several times. Also, I don't think it's ever revealed in the movie that her dad is not a marshal. Yeah. Her dad is a security guard, a night watchman. Is that right? Yeah, he's not even an officer. He just has like, he just like passed a, like a seminar. so crazy how much of this story seeped into the four, fourth wall season two. Like... <laughs> very yeah <laughs> like stuff i didn't even realize i was putting in there on top of the stuff i did put in yeah, this is the but you can find on mac this is my favorite movie i know so much about it yeah. <laughs> i watch it like twice a year and i have for like a decade uh, not at all the reason why i'm in here which is actually really funny reasons. Yeah. the uh ironic really who do you think was the big uh, inspiration for Hopkins's performance? You know, that's... Yeah, I am not sure. Hal from 2001. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. I, w- yeah. I don't think it would have ever occurred to me to guess that. I, I get, okay, I see some of it. But yeah, I think he, if that was inspiration, he's definitely done his own thing sure. at this point, you know. Um, I, I had heard, uh, I'll have to double check these uh, later, but I had heard that Hopkins tends to be method and that he um, like totally freaked out people mm. when he was doing, and to the point where he was like, I can't do Hannibal Lecter anymore. I've lost too many friends. Uh, because he was like, I don't know how to like not be Hannibal Lecter mm. while I'm filming. Like he can turn it off in between films, 
But, like, when he has to actually be acting in front of the camera, he's like, I can't turn it off. <laughs> and it freaks people out. I don't know if this is apocryphal or not. This is I'm seeing catching this from IMDb. Uh, Anthony Hopkins was dating Martha Stewart <laughs> at the time of the, the movie was produced. And she uh, ended the relationship because she couldn't not see Hannibal Lecter. Which, yeah, that I checks mean, out. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just like Hopkins' little dancey step he does in the um the Tennessee like state house where he's being kept in a cage and he goes after I think Pembroke or Pembley or whatever the guy's name was Boyle and Pem Pembley Pembry Pembry yeah because like I'm ready for you now <laughs> Lieutenant Pembry and he does like this he he goes over the cage and he just does this a little tiny two step. Just like mm -hmm. this little like soft shoe tap kind of number as he's like got the little pocket knife and he's like, ooh, crime. <laughs> it's just, it's adorable. <laughs> and it's just like, I think, I mean, in the middle of the movie, I just like shouted like, you bastard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I couldn't help myself. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I love this film. <laughs> it's your favorite movie of all time? <laughs> it's, it's my favorite movie of all time i have a hard time picking my favorite movie of all time but mm -hmm. yeah this is definitely in that list of the bests of uh jonathan demi's first choice for hannibal lecter was sir sir sean connery which would have been terrible <laughs> terrible <laughs> no have the lamb stop screaming clarice <laughs> Okay, but should we redub the movie? Maybe we should. <laughs> we'll just cue it up and we'll just be like, okay, at this point, the movie should be right here. And then like that way people can just re-listen to it with Sean Connery. <laughs> we are running out of time. Yeah. Or have run out of time. Yeah. Or will continue to run out of time as time is a flat circle. What is time? What is time? Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> we're clearly running out of, <laughs> out of steam here <laughs> Woo! Uh, we will see you again next time when we talk about the novel uh, Hannibal 1999 mm -hmm. from Thomas Harris interesting book yeah controversial for a lot of choices and yeah. begins a period where the Hannibal Lecter series is looking for money as opposed to being compelled to produce a good idea yeah there, there are definitely parts about the book that I like, oh, yeah. but not, not the whole. Does come together. Yeah, as, as, as well as you'd think. Yeah, puzzle pieces are individually good, and when you put the whole puzzle together, you're like, eh. Yeah. I could have done that better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we'll just see you then. All right. Bye. 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 Bye